Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in. Merry Christmas season. Uh, Mary, good morning. Good morning. And Merry Christmas season to you as well. Thank you, you hey, do. friends, we're going to talk about technocracy today with our guest, Patrick Wood, in just a minute. And by the way, he's got a brand new book out. We will point you to that. It's called The Evil Twins of Technocracy and Transhumanism. Brand new, hot off the presses. Um, and by the way, number one on Amazon in at least one category. But we want to just mention some headlines. We probably, like always, won't get to all of these. But there's some things we need to talk about, including climate change restrictions and lockdowns that are starting. Um, we're going to talk about what is the 15-minute city. What the heck is that? Also, another story, what happens if you refuse vaccinated blood when you're in the hospital? Talking about transfusions. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of that perhaps with uh, Patrick Wood. Um, also, America's richest family, uh, their unsavory investments, unfortunately, in the generations after um, Walmart founder Sam Walton uh, have been coming up. They've been funneling millions of dollars to LGBTQ-related initiatives, and it started a couple years ago with a big one in their home state of Arkansas. We may or may not get to that. I, we go to we still go to Walmart, but I'm just get, giving you the information that we're getting that's disappointing about some of these corporations, especially as the younger family members take over. That's probably not uncommon across the country in these big corporations. Also. Ben Shapiro, great article called The Slippery Slope Never Ends. Uh, Joe Biden and his lying allies have an agenda that goes far beyond the redefinition of marriage, and the agenda is simple. Use of government to obliterate traditional values and intermediary social institutions that embody them. Good article there. Also, why do vaccinated people represent most COVID-19 deaths right now? So that's a new change in charting of the data, if you've been paying attention for those that are actually keeping track. Um, and then another unfortunate article, the NFL, we know it's been the Social Justice League for at least two, three years be, before that. But they really went on social justice on steroids, if I can use that uh, verbiage, uh, since 2020. And the, the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation uh, influence of the NFL and other major sports leagues. Well, we've got an article we probably won't get to, but uh, the NFL is awarding five new major grants through uh, what they're calling Inspire Change Initiative. And that, that was over on ESPN. So, so much more. But right now, I just want to get to our guests because we're going to talk about so many different things today that w you're going to be paying more attention to as the days and weeks and months and years move on if Jesus does not return in the near future. Patrick Wood is back with us. Technocracy News and Trends, it's a phenomenal website. He's an economic and market forecaster, speaker, author, and podcaster. You can listen to his podcast, Stand and Deliver. Um, he's the author of Technocracy, The Hard Road to World Order. Executive Director for Citizens for Free Speech. We'll talk briefly about that. But he's got a brand new book called The Evil Twins of Technocracy and Transhumanism. It's an introduction to these things. Patrick Wood, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, good to be with you again. And uh, you're absolutely right. Times have changed. Yeah, <laughs> just and, a little bit. Now, now people are living it, and they mm -hmm. all, you know, they're getting it mm -hmm. now because it's in their pocket. Mm -hmm. A friend. Um, texted me yesterday, and this is a, a young man in his early 30s, about some of the things since 2020 and the um, the world's reaction to a virus and the response and the left never allowing a good crisis to go to waste. Um, he texted me and saying, I never thought I'd be living this. And he's in his thir you know early 30s. I'm thinking, wow. Now, this, that's what we're saying, right? We're a little bit older, and that's what we're saying, but here we are. So, Patrick, before we get into the book and some of the topics and the, the climate idiocy, um, tell us a little bit about Citizens for Free Speech. Uh, what's new? What do people need to know about that? 
Well, the one of the existential things that we have in our nation right now is, is free speech is under egregious attack uh, from from all directions. It's incredible. The government is colluding with social media and big media to censor people, to censor stories. Uh, this is, of course, com- completely uh, in violation of, of our First Amendment. And um, <clears throat> so when we saw this starting to happen a few years ago, we decided somebody's got to stand up and say something. And that's what we're trying to do with Citizens for Free Speech is rally people to uh, to, to relearn how to execute uh, civil discourse in their own communities. We have training programs, literature, um, you know, workbooks, stuff like that that people can use that will give them the skills necessary to make an argument in their local community to drive some of these policies out, especially the woke policies, out of their own local communities. Mm. Uh, Patrick, before we get to technocracy and transhumanism and, and the book and some of the questions that both, both Mayor and I have for you, you did a podcast recently updating your audience on uh, the, over on your podcast called Update on Twitter, YouTube, and Google. Um, this affects almost everybody that's listening right now, those who are on some form of social media or use of the Internet. Uh, what Can you give us a few takeaways from that? Because that's an important topic as well. Well, it is. And, you know, Google uh, owns well over 95% of the search engine market now. And it seems to be embedded <clears throat> into just about everything. So... When when Google decides to you know take a turn on some particular topic or something, they can literally squash it. Yeah. And the problem, and they the have. biggest problem, of course, is that they've been interacting with the government directly. Yep. To censor certain stories and stuff. So, you know, I wouldn't want to call this a fascist type of a bonding, <laughs> but they both have become useful idiots for each other. Mm-hmm. The government and and Google and the Twitters. Uh, Elon Musk is making a big mess <clears throat> right now of, of, the, of Google's plans by kind of turning Twitter back to probably where it should should have been in the first place. But um, it's interesting to watch the the, the cockroaches flee. Yes, <laughs> fascinating. Um, so I mean, we we are so far from the free expression of ideas in America. One of the principles we were founded upon, the free speech, particularly the freedom of religious expression, we are so far from that, and it, it has been such a gradual um, development in that it, it's it's just, just mind-blowing. If you were to wake up, if we could possibly talk to our great-grandparents, uh, I mean, you, you Patrick, and, and I, and Mary, of you know their generation and go here's what's happening in america today here's what we cannot say and uh by the way you can't say christmas it's happy holidays and whatever else you know what i mean uh you can't talk about the medical industry if they're you can't disagree with the the government they would flip they go what country are you talking about so mayor i'm going to turn it over to you you wanted to kick off the questions for patrick today we do want to get to the book the evil twins of yes. technocracy and transhumanism yes patrick <laughs> i dove into your book yesterday and and i i couldn't put it down um i guess because we have so many new listeners uh i have my question is twofold first of all if you could um define i think we're going to understand the definition more than we would have a couple of years ago yes if you could yes. define technocracy i know i know the concept goes back uh, close to 100 years now but the other the other thing i want if you would then move on to what is a technocrat because i think um you know if you can put some flesh and bone on those who walk among us and the, and i have a motive for asking that because when when covid came along it seemed like the politicians were turning it over to other people to decide hmm. how to handle it. You know, the test policies, you know, the, the mRNA kind of thing. It wasn't political. And I know that technocracy does not have much room for politics. So I guess to summarize, what is technocracy and what is a technocrat and how will we know one when we do see one? <laughs> wow. <clears throat> yeah, that's a big question. <laughs> well, first off, the best summary I can give of technocracy itself is they themselves called it the science of social engineering. Mm, wow. And that was in a in a in the context of an economic system. 
where they would engineer and architect the, the economic system and then try and you know move the people into doing what they want to do in the machine. Um, <clears throat> people, of course, don't fit in very well in mass, right? It's like herding cats. Mm -hmm. They saw this. They they knew that they could deal, you know deal with their factories, their motors, their machines. Taking care of those things is easy because it breaks, you fix it. <clears throat> but people are not so easy, and so they needed people to work in the factories, but the people needed to be engineered to be good workers. So this has led to a multitude of things today that we see as social engineering. It's the deceptive use of of knowledge and truth to trick people into doing things that they would not otherwise do. And we see it everywhere today. In fact, you can't hardly turn on any mainstream news anymore, and that's all you hear mm -hmm. is social engineering stuff. So that was a tool. <clears throat> that was one of their primary tools that they had to use in order to achieve their, their technique. The, the, the mind of a technocrat generally itself is not too complicated to understand. <clears throat> it's generally an, un an engineering-oriented mind that is very disconnected from the world uh, and from people. Um, they would view uh, people in a, in a mechanistic manner. In other words, they're you know we're just a bunch of atoms and molecules that happen to be in one place at a time, and we got real smart all of a sudden. And um, <clears throat> therefore, if we're just a chemical machine, well, that machine can be analyzed and manipulated just as easily as any other machine. So you know, that's another reason today we see, for instance, this big move to permanently, uh, say, we'll keep the conveyor belt of messenger RNA shots going, hmm. boosters forever. <clears throat> um, it's a one-two punch to convince people that they need to be boosted forever, and number two, to boost them forever. So it's you know it's um, it's not really hard to understand. Once you see it, you just cannot unsee it. Well, and to me, the poster child for uh, the technocrats who walk among us would be Fauci, mm. because he says the science settles it. So you know, a scientific dictatorship is that what he's looking for? Unelected and very powerful. He was to me, he was a new creature on the, you know, the geopolitical scene yep. because he was he people the politicians were looking to him. For well, the he next is decision. science, of course. He is science. He's, <laughs> and I think that to me, as I read your book, I, all I could think of was Fauci is mm -hmm. the ultimate technocrat. So I would agree with you. He, he has been a, a poster child for us mm -hmm. to, to understand technocracy. <laughs> um, we also can see a very heavy influence of scientism in, in Fauci. And that is the worship of science. Yes. Um, yes. Both technocracy and transhumanism have a good uh, bed of scientism underneath it. Mm -hmm. And originally, scientism called for a priesthood of science, scientists and engineers to administrate science to society. And the, 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 the worst part about it was they rejected all other sources of truth, especially the Bible. And so they figured if it couldn't be discovered in, in a scientific way didn't exist. Um, fortunately, back in the eight, early 1800s, it didn't catch on real quick. But in this century, oh my gosh, this seems to be everywhere. Hmm. Hmm. It also says in your book, too, that the technocrats are anti-political. They're anti-democracy, very authoritarian. Um, you know, so if there are no political systems, because look, that's all we've ever known in our lives is the yes. political system and a two-party, which is gone. But what is the placeholder then? So I'm trying to envision this last days. Uh, if I open that door, what am I going to find? No more nation states, which is prophetic. Mm -hmm. um, no more politics except the one, Antichrist. 
But what's the placeholder for politics? I mean, are we really headed that way, at, you know, quickly? Well, I think we are. And in many parts of the world today, especially in China, um, for the people there, there is no political error anymore. Hmm. They have lost connection with whatever they thought the political system was. Hmm. And so now they have to do what the people tell them to do. And it's all done by algorithm. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> we see this to some extent in Europe, but it's probably especially in China. Hmm. We see it more and more here as well, because how do we ask for redress of our government? Nobody's listening to us anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. And <clears throat> so effectively, we have lost our access to any type of a governmental mm -hmm. structure. Yeah, we have. Uh, this is going to continue. The, the, the technocrat movement in general yeah. has this baked in. They do not want the political layer to exist whatsoever. Wow. So politicians basically are going to end up thrown under the, thrown under the bus. Wow. It's a brave new world, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. So in 1939, I didn't even realize that there was a magazine called The Technocrat. I mean, I, that's just amazing. And here we are going into nine, uh, 2023. Um, 1939, um, that magazine explained that technocracy eschewed capitalism free enterprise, elected politicians, and that it sought to create a resource-based economic system where scientists, engineers, and technicians would be the sole planners and controllers of society. That sentence in itself explains a whole lot. Patrick, we've just got three more minutes left, if you could please elaborate on that. Oh, Patrick, did we lose you? I think. Uh, yeah, here we go. Oh, oh I'm, yep. I'm back. Lost the connection. Did you hear the? I, I would refer you back to the book "Brave New Brave New World" by Aldous Huxley. Yeah, <laughs> that book was a uh, a picture of technocracy at the time in, in terms of science fiction. But <clears throat> there was no political structure. There was no family structure, either. Babies were built in incubators and conditioned to serve in certain parts of society. And it was very sterile. But that world, the brave new world, was run by technocrats, hmm. scientists, you know, engineer types, whatever, the brilliant ones, who, who merely said, this is the way it's going to be. And that's the way it was. Man. Wow. The Huxley brothers. Yes. Uh, we're learning more they keep and coming more. Up. Yeah, they keep coming up. On the show. It's in so recent history. Yes. Um, by the way, friends, I want to point you to the book that's available. It's brand new. It's called The Evil Twins of Technocracy and Transhumanism. And you can get that over at technocracy.news. You can also find it on Amazon. And, uh, Patrick, um, we, this is a, this is an amazing time for this book to come out to be able to explain to reach people who really haven't been paying attention and so thank you i know there's a lot of research that goes into this and a lot of uh, it must be heavy to write about some of this as, as often as you do well it is and this book in particular was was a tough one mm -hmm. um I'm, I'm just glad i finally got through it <laughs> you know threw my hands up in the air mm. yeah it's excellent but <clears throat> it is it is a necessary thing for people to understand what's going on right this second. You know, why are they suffering from these shots? Why are they suffering from these various diseases that now have come into society like COVID? Hmm. And what does it mean for the future? A lot of people are just flat out scared. Mm -hmm. They know something's mm -hmm. wrong. You know, when they see two or three of their friends, you know, suddenly die because, uh, you know, maybe a week or two weeks after they took a shot, man, mm -hmm. it, they may not express it, but inside they're scared to death. Mm -hmm. And they're overwhelmed. So, they're yeah. overwhelmed, too, because if you throw enough change at people, it's like the future yeah. shock, uh, Toffler's future yeah. shock, the idea that if you throw enough at people at once, they'll become completely overwhelmed and they'll just give in. <clears throat> well, we've got to take our first break already. That went by fast. Uh, we're speaking with Patrick Wood. Check out some of the great articles over at Technocracy News and Trends. We've got it linked up in the podcast blog today at StandUpForTheTruth.com. When we come back, climate lockdowns, transhumanism, and more 
on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. So our previous podcast uh, with Patrick Wood, and we just did one this summer, um, actually it was earlier this year, it talked about the Rockefellers, population control, trilaterals, and one world currency. This is all coming to play, and I'm sure he summed up some of this in the brand new book, The Evil Twins of Technocracy and Transhumanism. Patrick Wood, I'm just going to read one paragraph from the description of the book and let you expound on it. It's, it mm. says, uh, this is every man's introduction to technocracy and transhumanism that builds on my previous books on technocracy. Both are primary to the World Economic Forum's Great Reset in partnership with the United Nations to replace capitalism with an alternative economic system called sustainable development, a.k.a. technocracy. Uh, further, humans themselves are targeted by transhumanists to change the human condition into humans 2.0 via genetic engineering. Thus, technocracy transforms the structure and economic system of the world, while transhumanism transforms the people who live there. Uh, tell us a little bit more. We had Alex Newman on a week ago talking about the SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals, and and he just came back from a conference. So tell us a little bit more about the the combination of these things happening at this time. Well, <clears throat> probably the scariest thing to me, and I think to anybody who's going to read the book, <clears throat> is that there has been this this group of scientists and engineers from around the world who have given themselves over to this idea of transhumanism, that is, escaping uh, death and disease by you by applying you know technology to the human condition. This is an age-old thought, of course. You will live forever. Hmm. I heard that back in the Garden of Eden. Um, <clears throat> but these people really believe that they're about to have a major breakthrough to... Uh, to achieve at least partway to immortality. Now, these people are paid largely by taxpayer money. Mm, wow. Their projects are largely taxpayer money funded. And they're, they have lost their wingnut, in my opinion, as they work towards these goals that are not only going to be unsuccessful, but they risk destroying humanity in the process yes yes and we're letting these people run loose mm -hmm. it's like um you know should you should you give a um uh you know a suicide bomber terrorist blasting caps for christmas <laughs> no you wouldn't do that you know you say no we're taking your tools away <laughs> we're you know no dynamite for you uh and you know, that same way with these, these mad scientists. They need to be stripped of their laboratories. Yeah. And until they repent from their desire to do everything in their power um, to, to use the technology on themselves, then they, have no, they, they, they should have no right to tell the rest of the world what, you know, how it's going to be, nor to inflict these changes like they have, with, for instance, with the messenger RNA shots yes. <clears throat> that tinker with your DNA. Yes. Mm -hmm. Just not right. It is not right. I remember, it reminds me of the story of Robert Oppenheimer uh, and when they were developing the atomic bomb and the night before they were to unleash this, he said, my thoughts were either this is going to be successful or the entire universe will explode. He had no idea. Is that a tad bit arrogant? I mean, what drives these people? Yeah. I think it's the same mindset that drives these people. It's the idolatry of science and, and the capability of mankind, you know, worshiping at the temple of, of human capabilities. And, and when I read that, I thought, okay, that's, that's a, that's a mindset that's, that I don't comprehend as we, a human being. We keep thinking about the Tower of Babel, yeah. right? In, yeah. in, in Genesis, we mm -hmm. keep coming back to that, how they didn't need God. They were yeah. going to do, Anything is possible with uh, just work together, right? Human beings yeah. can accomplish it. Uh, Patrick, does that that does play into this, doesn't it? Because the, the, yeah, really. the elites are trying to mm -hmm. be that group that they can do anything and they're going to run the world. Yes, and 
the Tower of Babel is an interesting story because there was a technology that was introduced for the very first time that tricked the people into thinking they could actually build a tower into heaven. And that was the use of cut bricks, cut stone, with tar. A tar is what, you know, a sticky stuff mm-hmm. you get uh, when, I don't know, when oil evaporates or whatever. But, but when you put tar between bricks, it forms a bond. It's very sticky. You can't hardly break it. And it's flexible. So a strong wind doesn't blow your two-story building over mm-hmm. like you had the problem you had with rock houses. My guess is when they saw it, when the people saw this new technology, they thought, "Oh, baby, <laughs> you know we're we can build this baby, you know, to the moon." <laughs> and so yeah. they all got on board with it. Well, we have a similar situation uh-huh. today, where the technology is held out as a a promise of something, you know, mm-hmm. Nirvana down just down the road, mm-hmm. and people believe it, buy into it. And when they get to the end of it, they realize, gee, it wasn't uh, exactly what they said it was. Like the shots, for instance. Good example. Um, Initially, the messenger RNA shots were said to be the end-all cure for COVID, period. You take this, you you won't won't transmit it, you won't get it. If you get it, you won't get sick from it. Lies. Now we know the whole thing was a lie. Mm -hmm. That's right. Fabricated, absolutely fabricated. And no one's held accountable for that, by the way. Nobody's being held accountable to it. So, but people are not stupid. You know, they, even if they don't express it, they don't want to, they don't want to buy into the, you know, being a conspiracy theorist or something. They still have the thought in their head that something is desperately wrong. Mm -hmm. And you can see that even in the statistics now where, this this latest booster, the uptake is only like ten percent or something. It's driving the Fauci's of the world crazy. You know why aren't people cooperating? Jeez, oh, uh, why aren't they submitting? Right? Yeah. Yes. Well, you know why why aren't they doing what's good for them? We know what's good for them. We tell them what's good for them, but they won't do it. It's like a test run of control. Let's let's just see how much control we do have over people. Well, look what they accomplished in twenty twenty right. and last year twenty twenty one. Look how much they accomplished. Yeah. I mean, they shut down. Yeah. Economic systems and, and governments and, and countries, and even said, church, Christians, you're, you're non essential. Mm-hmm. They, they accomplished a lot and just saw how much fear would drive people to, okay, I'll do anything. Yeah. It was a test run of right. the New World Order, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just about everything that's happening today, almost to a point, is so you can drill down into it. You'll find that something at the bottom of it is diametrically opposed to what God did or said mm-hmm. in every single case. And in the case of, uh, you know, this whole transhuman thing, they believe, honestly, they believe that they have taken over evolution. Now, they don't believe in intelligent design, of right. course. They believe in evolution. They can accept that. But now with CRISPR technology, with editing check gene editing technology, they now have become the intelligent designers, hmm. supplanting God out of His role in intelligent design. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and you can, you can go down the line and find all kinds of things where where these these things literally are set up against the knowledge of God. Yes. Right. Right. And he's not going to let them, he's only going to let them go so far because when man is no longer made in God's image, he has to judge mm. because that is the plumb line. I made man in my wow. own image. And, and they want to avoid judgment just like at the Tower of Babel. Well, you know, no, no more of this flood stuff. We're going to see if we can fix that. And it's the same thing. No more, we don't want this climate change to destroy us. We're going to fix that too. Oh, by the way, Patrick, let's go there for a few minutes here. This is going by very fast. Um, uh, climate change lockdowns. How do we go from COVID? We understand the, how they lock down the the country, the economies, and different different you know governments handle it different ways, different governors. But nonetheless, there were lockdowns. They and they were very suppressive and oppressive. But people, if they don't respond stronger next time, we're in a lot of trouble because the elite have been bold and open in what their intentions are. They've always promised to do whatever it takes to fight what they call an existential threat to humanity, climate change. And now we're finding out they weren't kidding. For example, over in the UK, residents of Oxfordshire 
will now need a special permit to go from one zone of the city to another. And they're now working on developing these, what, what are they called, 15-minute cities? I got that somewhere. Fi- the 15-minute exactly. city. Yeah. So share, share how, I mean, we, we are seeing it because we've been paying attention. But for the average person, they're going, what are you talking about? How are they going to shut down or, or do these lockdowns under the guise of climate change? Well, the concept of a 15-minute city is that, that you, you design and create the urban, the, the, the urban center so that people can do everything they need to do within a 15-minute walk or, well, at least a 15-minute walk. <clears throat> so if everything is isolated to, you know, that 15-minute zone, that gives you um, an area that can be locked down at will. This is what they've done in China. Um, and the oppressive lockdowns they've had in China are just, I mean, it's just off the charts, um, you know, where people's doors have been welded shut Jeez. so they can't get out of their houses. Um, you know, who needs concentration camps, right? FEMA camps? No, we don't need FEMA camps. Not when we can just make where you live your prison. And that's exactly what a 15-minute city is all about, patently insane as far as I'm concerned. But we knew the minute that, the minute that COVID lockdown was, um, was seen in our country especially, we knew because we, we saw the chatter from the climate change crowd. Mm-hmm. They were watching to see what would happen yes. with these lockdowns. Yes. Right. They've been planning climate lockdowns ever since. Well, and, and here we are. Yeah. So it's not just the lockdown concept mm-hmm. is not just limited to COVID. We're right. going to see it in climate as well. Right. There's so much hysteria. I call COVID hysteria 1.0. Well, this is hysteria 2.0 because the former governor of the Bank of England, Mark Carney, last year predicted that climate deaths will dwarf those of the pandemic. Well, first of all, we have the technology now. Fewer people die in huge climate events because we have the technology to warn people. You know, they we have radar. Talking about tsunamis. Tsunamis, or, radar, yeah. you know, AccuWeather, although in Wisconsin, we're not, we're not sure how AccuWeather is. LOL. They are. Yeah, LOL, <laughs> Accu. Um, but still, um, they are going to make sure that there's sufficient amount of hysteria so that you understand the crisis. Um, and you'll be happy to go along with it. So I, I think the hysteria is the part that I don't quite understand here. Yes. Well, it's interesting. Once people get panicked, mm-hmm. it tends to spread yes. just by itself. Yes. And so a good panic can go a long way yeah. to drive people to do things they would never otherwise do. And their brains shut down. They stop critical thinking. <clears throat> they do. And this is, the, this is the whole essence of the science of social engineering. Mm-hmm. This is not accidental. It's not something that just, you know, oh, gee, it fell from the sky and boom. Oh. Not at all. Uh, this, is, this is a planned um, occurrence. And these people know what they're doing. They, they know exactly how to pull the chain now um, to get people to herd in a certain direction. So, uh, Patrick, they're not convincing people with truth or science or data necessarily. You said something in the last segment that more people are starting to wake up and they're maybe they're not openly speaking about it in public or on social media, but they're, they know something's wrong and they know what's happening is wrong with these power elites and the globalists and, and their plans for transhumanism and, and other things, but they aren't really speaking out about it. So how are they going to get people to come along with and believe that climate change is a threat to their very lives without trying to force things on them <laughs> yeah people just don't like to be forced period mm-hmm. um <clears throat> one of the one of the quotations that the former chief medical officer of moderna made this is actually on their website <clears throat> i like to take this and put it on a piece of just a little piece of paper and hand it to somebody to think about just ponder what the guy's saying but here's the the chief medical officer of Moderna, the leading messenger RNA injection company in the world, he said, we are actually hacking the software of life. We think about it as an operating system. 
So if you could actually change that, if you could introduce a line of code or change a line of code, it turns out it has profound implications for everything. Mm-hmm. You can hand, you can give a statement like that to somebody without any comment, and just say, "Consider the consider the source. This is the head guy at Moderna that's been making all these shots and stuff. What do you think about that? Do you think we should hack the software of life? Well, hardly anybody you think you should." knows that, understands that, mm-hmm. that, that he said that, and that's, this is what they were thinking. I mean, even yeah. Yuval Noah Harari said humans are just hackable animals. Mm-hmm. That's how they look at yes. human beings, yeah. the yeah. globalists. Plus with the <clears throat> well, depopulation. Fortunately, Harari, yeah. Harari is just a historian. Uh, Tal Zaks happened to be the chief medical officer of Baturda, <laughs> which mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, these true. guys actually making the shot, yes. right? Yes, good point. Yes, good point. Wow. Um, Patrick, we, we've got to wrap this up already. Uh, we've got two minutes left, and I like how you um, ended just, I mean, th- this book, just think about the evil twins of technocracy, which we just kind of ran through and explained, and transhumanism. They're coming together to conquer humanity and world systems. You conclude... It is my hope that this book will not depress you, but rather encourage you to take your proper place in the world by doing your part to put a stop to these evil twins. Uh, Patrick, in the last minute and a half, just sum it up for us and encourage listeners who may be now just keeping up, trying to learn this and keep up with it. Well, absolutely. You know, the only... The only entity in the in the world right now that can make a difference to stop this stuff are the people of the world itself. And we could be discouraged about that, I suppose, on one hand, because often people don't do you know what maybe what they ought to do. But when when the World Economic Forum stands up and talks about a post human condition, something down the road, we need to we need to understand that they're talking about us mm. post as post-human. And the World Economic Forum says the end of humanity's reliance on congenital bodies by transforming our frail version 1.0 bodies into their far more durable and capable version 2.0 counterparts. If that's really where you want to go, then do nothing. Mm-hmm. If that repels you, yes, then... This is all your friends, too. This is your family. This is your, you know, all the people around you. This is what they're planning for you. And I think a lot of people, when they really grasp the seriousness of this and the reality that they're doing this, makes a huge difference mm-hmm. when the light bulb goes on. Yeah. Mm. Great point. Great wow. point. Wow. Patrick Wood, thank you, brother. Uh, go to Technocracy News on the website. You can get more information on the book, The Evil Twins of technocracy and transhumanism merry christmas brother god bless you thanks for your time today thank you thank you bye-bye yep. guys all right when we come back cheryl chumley's got a great article digital currencies beastly mark is coming on fast more on stand up for the truth next thank you for listening and sharing today's show via standupforthetruth.com slash podcast now back to stand up for the truth here's david fiorazzo okay very quick over on technocracy.news on the website uh, what happens if you refuse vaccinated blood very interesting article over in new zealand uh, baby w needs surgery the parents said no blood from donors who were inoculated with mRNA shots. The state promptly took custody of their baby and told the parents that they are conspiracy nuts to think that spike proteins would be present in a donor's blood. But we know that's the case. We've had Dr. Lee Merritt on the podcast. We've had others to confirm this, these spike proteins from these shots. So briefly, New Zealand's high court uh, Wednesday took custody of an infant whose parents insisted that he only receive blood from donors who had not been vaccinated. Uh, the baby had been diagnosed with a congenial heart defect and needs surgery to survive. The baby was placed under the guardianship of the court starting Wednesday until he recovers from surgery, uh, but no later than the end of January. So this is going on. This is over in New Zealand. And, you know, friends, um, 
Things like that are coming. There will be court cases. There will be fights. Mm -hmm. So now back to this idea we were talking about, the climate lockdown's coming. The 15-minute city. Let me just read a little bit about this. It will become even more critical to understand that, I mean, I don't think they're going to be able to do this or even attempt to start to do it. But some, they're putting out this, this idea, meeting everyone's needs within a walking, biking, or transit distance. And they're going to make it because of the, quote, existential threat of climate change, end quote. They're going to make it a matter of life and death. It's the green agenda, taking inspiration from the days of COVID lockdowns, the early days. They understood how much they could get away with and what's next. So let's go back to Oxfordshire County Council, which is run by the Labor Party, the Liberal Democrats, and the Green Party. They want to divide their city into six 15-minute districts. Most household essentials will be, will be accessible by a quarter of an hour walk or bike ride so residents can have no – they won't have need of a car. But there is a coercive edge. The council plans to cut car use and traffic congestion. How? By placing strict rules on car journeys. Car travel. Residents will have to register their cars with the council. They will keep track of your mileage. It's the social credit scheme that starts with your car and works like anti-frequent flyer points. Under the new, new proposals, and we've got to do this and move on. I'll get Mayor's thoughts. Under the new proposals, if any of Oxford's 150,000 residents drive outside of their designated district more than 100 days out, out of the year, he or she could be fined. This makes my head explode, David. (laughs) Disappointing, not surprising, though. No, not surprising. And Uh, there's another article, too, about who is purposely sabotaging power plants all over America. So now they're saying there's terrorism. And and they're blaming it on climate change. Yeah, they're blaming it on climate change. And, of course, as far as the hands that do it, it'll be blamed on the right-wingers. You know that. I mean, uh, who are these terrorists? Oh, it must be those uh, far-right people. So, you know, and the food processing plants, remember, those were being destroyed for a while there over the summertime. A bunch of them. So if they can't have it just descend from heaven, they're going to create it as soon as they can, and we are going to be the victims of all that. Okay. Um, I think we've done enough on the possible climate lockdowns, these ideas. And again, Mary, just think, <laughs> she's laughing over there. But think of someone that's just, friends, I know a lot of you have been listening for uh, several years. Think about someone who just tuned into this podcast in the last month mm-hmm. or, or so, and they're hearing this, and their head is spinning because first of all they don't want to believe it's true second of all they're still trying to give their fellow human beings the democrat the, the democrat party the socialists the globalists the benefit of the doubt when they know there's slip the slippery slope can't get more slippery right. and evil is being manifest by this antichrist spirit of the age that's on steroids they're still trying to think the best of their fellow man they mm-hmm. don't understand romans one they don't understand the evil heart of man so think about those people and now we're not laughing because their their eyes are wide open, their jaws are probably dropped, and they're p- potentially overwhelmed by this. So, friends, we always want to point you to the hope of Christ. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the answer. He, the, the truth. The truth is there is only one way out of this. There is a cure, and that is Jesus Christ, faith in Christ alone. Um, but let's open up this last article now. And by the way, Go to Vimeo, friends. Cheryl Chumley has a speech she just did a couple weeks ago at David Horowitz's uh, Restoration Weekend in Phoenix called The Impact of COVID Lockdowns. Watch that on Vimeo or wherever you can find it. Cheryl Chumley is one of the guests we've had on. She's a writer for the Washington Times. And this is called Digital Currencies Beastly Mark is Coming on Fast. The Bank of England currently soliciting applications for creators to develop a proof of concept for a wallet capable of carrying a central bank digital currency, otherwise known as CBDC. Uh, Make way, Cheryl Chumley writes, for the brave new world of digital currency where governments can track citizens' expenditures, movements, and activities, as well as control individuals' access to their own Money. For example, back in February in Canada, they 
you know, Emperor Trudeau and the government there, they were freezing the bank accounts, if you remember right, we talked about that, of the Freedom Convoy truckers who were uh, continuing to protest against the vaccine, severe vaccine mandates. And this is what's happening now. The governments know what they can do. Mary, uh, where do you want to take this conversation in light of uh, Cheryl Chumley's article and the topic? Well, and she talks about, um, here's your gun control, because it talks about those who want to buy guns, even at your basic sporting goods store, guns and ammo, uh, they're going to clamp down on who can and who can't. I mean, they could, with the flip of a switch, they could, we could have gun control, period. We don't need the mm. legislation. Wow. But in case people don't know what a digital wallet is, you probably have one on your smartphone, like Apple Pay or something like that, Google Pay, BitPay. Um, um, it, it runs on a smart device. It holds your info of your payment information and your passwords. could be a credit card. It could also be a digital currency. Uh, you can't really trade digital currency without a uh, a crypto wallet, and this will all be in one uh, handy to use um, thing app app on your phone. Um, but the other thing that is really the the main point here is tracking. So we have the blockchain, which is a, a just a huge uh, database of every uh, buying and selling transaction in the whole world in real time. It cannot be shut down. It cannot be altered. Um, they can watch everything you do, and the whole idea is to track that no one can buy or sell unless they have the mark of the beast, mm. the number of his name. That's where we're headed. Um, and, you know, say that's three or four years away, that it's mandatory, then, again, I've said this before, how close are we to the fulfillment of Revelation 13 when we're reading about it at ground level? This is no longer 10,000 feet like it used to be, mm. but it's ground level yes. technology. You are here. And we're seeing that. And... We know we've heard of this coming cashless system, cashless society. But the central bank in the U.K. has budgeted almost $255,000 to develop a CBDC prototype wallet that can actually conduct transactions and process payments. But let's come back to America. First of all, I, this is a takeaway, friends, what Cheryl Chumley writes, quote, The more we move from paper and coin toward electronic currency, the wider the door opens for government and banks to exert controls. And then she points out and refreshes our memory that during the days of the Obama-Biden administration, the Justice Department under wingman Eric Holder intimidated the banking industry at that time to stop processing payments from so-called high-risk industries such as gun and ammo dealers. Fox News reported on it. The program intimidated banks with the threat of heightened scrutiny and increased audits. Well, we don't live in a vacuum anymore because we were talking with Patrick, I think, on the break about the trilateralists under Jimmy Carter and yeah. wondering, well, what does that mean for us? Well, it does, because here we are with that. And now what happened in the Obama administration, these are just random events that we don't know what the context is until seven or eight years later. Yes. Everything means something. The hour is so late that everything has a connection to the next thing. Hmm. Um, toward the end, and this is the very end of her article, um, and, and by the way, she, she writes so many good articles mm -hmm. over on her website. You can go to Cheryl Chumley. Dot com, or you can get her work at the Washington Times. Um, again, we, we want to emphasize we, we recommend the Washington Times, Washington Examiner, uh, the Washington Stand, but stay away from the Washington Post. We call it the compost. Now, back to Cheryl Chumley's article. It, it won't just be a nightmare for personal privacies. It will be a tool of control for elite globalists to exercise complete dominance on the peoples of the world. It will be the end of individual liberties, the end of free market choices, the end of American exceptionalism, the idea that rights come from God and government is subservient to those God-given rights. And it will be the final tool of the Great Reset crowd to usher in this Great Reset collectivism and communism. And then she, she ends it. What, she says it, it's 2022. Eight more years until 2030, for those of you who've been keeping track of that, the Agenda 2030. Mm -hmm. So that's Cheryl Chumley. Um, 
Mayor, I think we can just kind of uh, uh, decompress a little bit in the next in the last three minutes of the podcast, and just it is Christmas season, and I want to bring that back to the forefront of why we celebrate and what people can do with this information. Um, I know the more that I go back and look at, for example, you know, I'm, I've got a couple of Facebook pages. I'm, I'm th- even the one where I posted the the article or the speech by Cheryl Chumley. Um, Nobody saw it. This was yesterday. Nobody saw it. I've got, I don't know, 6,000 people that follow that page. Nobody saw it. They weren't allowed to see it. So I've got it on my author and speaker page. Um, The more we try to share this, the more we understand. People get frustrated. They put it out there. And the powers that be on the the one party big tech media conglomerate are not allowing your people in your sphere of influence, your friends on your social media, they're not allowing them to be informed or to see or to even choose to click on it. So your thoughts on where we're at? Well, you know, I always say this so many times, the hour is late. And I think with the holiday season coming up, I grew up in a world where they said, don't discuss politics and religion at the table. And that was a hard and fast rule. But hopefully through these things and these wonderful authors that we get on here and the guests, uh, various guests that you are equipped enough that maybe you'll have an opportunity over the holidays. I know meeting with family sometimes can be a bit of a, a strain, but they would have an opportunity to let people know what's going on because we really, and it's like Noah warning people for 120 years before it rained and it had never rained. So mm. um, consider the rain is coming. Yeah. And if we have an opportunity to warn people, then that's time well spent. Uh, small talk around the table is fine and catching up, but boy, if you get a chance to at least... Let people know why things are the way they are. It might alleviate some of their fear. It might lead them to Jesus. Who knows? And that's something to pray for as we get together with family yes, and friends. Yes. Thanks, Mary. Uh, and it's been a blessing to have you on the podcast. And I know we're both. I love it. it it's, a, it's not that bad of a learning curve. And we, we have different areas of expertise and different strengths uh, to, uh, I believe, complement each other. So, friends, if you have any feedback, send it to comments at standupforthetruth.com. Um, Monday, I will be talking with James Wood, who uh, recently has interviewed Scientology's former top guy, Mike Rinder, and some Scientology secrets, some information that you will have a hard time believing that's going on. It's almost mafia-like the way they... Anyway, uh, that's Monday. Tuesday, we've got author... M.D. Perkins, The Dangerous Affirmation of Gay Christianity. Um, And that's Mary will be joining us for that. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.